Today we begin in the beginning, the beginning of our holy scriptures, the beginning of creation, the beginning of God's magnificent divine love for each of us and all that was made very good by the Creator's hands. I have the awesome responsibility of setting the foundation for the coming months as this is the start of our narrative lectionary which will take us through what we Christians call the Old Testament. As a brief tangent, I specify that it is language used by Christians because these scriptures are holy for other faiths as well, and other faiths will have different interpretations and understandings. For us, we read Christ into the Hebrew scriptures, and for this reason, it is easy to find Jesus Christ at the beginning of creation when we read alongside the Gospel of John. Although this is truly the Gospel truth for us Christians, it is important to recognize that other faiths read a different and valid truth. End tangent. For those who have seen my social media post with a picture of my attempts to tackle today's reading, you will know that I have quite a few thoughts on this passage, and it's difficult to know where exactly to start. Reading the text, I thought about everything from the poetic descriptions that attempt to make sense of the world around us, to the varied contextual understanding across different faiths. Thinking of today's service in particular, I also saw connections with harvest and creation care. If time was unlimited, I could bring in my essay from theological college about the doctrine of creatio ex nihilio, or discuss the mistranslation of the original Hebrew text that has been perpetuated by the King James Version of the Bible. But unfortunately, perhaps more for me than you, our time is limited, so I thought the time would best be spent focusing on just three things highlighted in this passage and close to my heart. These are the image of God, Sabbath, and care for the earth. Imago Dei is a Latin term often translated as the image of God, but I prefer the alternative translation of the imagining of God. An image is static, and history shows images can be corrupted. Our Jewish Middle Eastern savior being depicted with blonde hair and blue eyes is just one example of that. Imagining, on the other hand, is active. It's ongoing, and God's imagining is as expansive as the universe. No wonder we humans take such a variety of forms when you consider the imagining of our Creator, who made the heavens, the earth, the sky, the oceans, and all things with breath. Verse 27 says, So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. From this verse we see within the image of God both male and female are expressed. So I can't help but wonder, when we talk about God, our expansive creator, why do we use a box of gender? More specifically, 
why is God generally referred to only as He? Of course, we will say together the Our Father, but Jesus also says in the Gospel of Matthew, He desires to gather as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. For me, as a mother, I find it comforting to know an image of God that reflects who I am. Each of us were lovingly created by our God, so we can all see her in us, regardless of our gender, race, age, ability, or any other physical appearance. I encourage each of you to use the language for God that helps you most identify with him or her as an almighty mother or loving father or whoever is reflected on your heart. Chapter 2 tells us that on the seventh day God rested. So often when we look at the creation story, people claim that humans are the pinnacle of God's creation because humans were the last to be made by God. However, we see here in today's passage that the final act of God was the act of Sabbath. Not only that, God blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. If we are made in the image of God, then that suggests that we are a people who rest, just as the God who created us rests. And rest is a blessed and holy act. Yes, there is a time for work and there is a necessity for work but there is also something holy and sacred about rest. I suggest that it is actually Sabbath that is the pinnacle of God's creation, because this was the final act that God modelled for us. I would be a hypocrite to suggest that I'm any good at rest myself. I tend to be a perfectionist, and because of that, I often become a workaholic. And in the world we live in, with 24-7 access to everything, with work literally in the palm of our hand with a mobile device, it is hard to just turn off. And in a society that rewards obsessive work, it almost seems indulgent to stop. But if we never stop to take time with God, then how can we ever build a relationship with God? This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go away to the mountains or the desert, but it does mean that you must find time in your day to listen for that still small voice calling to you, the divine voice that is wanting a relationship with you, because you are special and loved by God. On the sixth day, God created all the animals of the land as well as humans. Humans are unique not only because we are created in the image or imagining of God, but also because God gave us dominion over all the other creatures of the land, sea, and sky. Domination is not something to be taken lightly. As your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man will tell you, with great power comes great responsibility. This past week, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Pope Francis, and Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew came together to issue a joint statement on climate change, in which they stated, No one is safe until everyone is safe. Our actions really do affect one another, and what we do today affects what happens tomorrow. When God finished on the sixth day, she saw that everything was not just good, but very good. God created a perfect world, and left us humans in charge. And now, 
what has our world come to? The extreme weather and shocking natural disasters that have been on the rise are the result of our human greed and selfishness. We prioritize our conveniences and as a result, our earth suffers. Not only do our unsustainable actions destroy the planet, the people who are most affected are the poor and marginalized, whom we have a responsibility to protect the most. We will shortly go through an act of commitment, during which time we will be encouraged to think of practical steps we can take to lead a more sustainable life. Each of us must take the responsibility to make simple changes to ensure that the very good earth created for us will be very good for generations to come. Amen.